What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Thank you for making me part of your week, this week and every week. I am very excited for this episode as we are doing our first ever giveaway here on this podcast. Stick around to find out how to win a $25 gift card to 26shirts.com. It is a fantastic website. Now that we've said that, in this upcoming episode, myself and my co-host will do another Buffalo Bills prediction show. The draft is over. They've signed their free agents. Did that make a difference with how we predicted the Buffalo Bills would do this season? Stick around and find out. Before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to take a quick time out to say thank you to everyone who listens to me and continues to listen to me on a weekly basis. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to me on the listening platform of your choice and leave me a good thumbs up rating so that more people can find out about this podcast. Also, if you like this podcast, do not underestimate the word of mouth. Make sure you tell your friends, you tell your family to give me a listen because they might also like what they hear. You can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. You can follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuff1. That's SportsTalk, B-U-F-F-1 on Twitter. You can also email me at SportstalkBuffalo at Yahoo.com. Once again, thank you for listening. Now let's get on with the rest of the episode. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this very special episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. It's very special because we are doing our first ever giveaway in this episode. Stick around. Later on, you're going to hear a code word that you're going to have to direct message me on Twitter or email me for a chance to win. But let's start this episode off. I'm joined by my co-host for this episode. My buddy Mark is nice enough to join me again. Mark, thank you once again, sir. You keep saying I'm nice enough to join you. Uh, it's just a pleasure that well, you allow me to join you. <laughs> well, that's fantastic, seeing how you did a lot of legwork for this show, as always, and I appreciate it. Well, you know I like those behind-the-scenes that works for me. Yeah, it's, it seems to work pretty well between us. We have a nice little chemistry going so far here. So in this episode, we're going to do another Buffalo Bills prediction. We predicted what they would do when the schedule when you know when the teams came out that the bills were going to play the home and away but the schedule has now come out the draft is over they have signed all their free agents training camp is just around the corner so we thought it would be good time to rehash and do another buffalo bills prediction episode and see if our opinion has changed at all about what the buffalo bills are going to be at the end of the season mark why don't you kick us off with week one all right, so week one, we faced the Jets. Uh, it's actually the first of back-to-back divisional matchups that we have here to, to kick off the schedule for us. And previously, I had them winning this matchup against the Jets. I didn't change anything here. Everything I basically said still stands, even after uh, the draft. And they added a lot of bodies. They had, they had plenty of draft picks to go around New York. Um, I do like their first round pick in Makai Becton. He was offensive tackle. I really liked, um, I think that should really help, uh, their, their offense hum a little bit better, you know, keeping Darnold upright, giving him more time to scan the field and, and get the ball out a lot quicker. And they have someone to give the ball to in Denzel Mims. 
He's uh, their second round pick, and he's someone that I think is probably going to see a lot of targets early and often. He's a, a decent blocker, you know, but he also, I've seen him make some pretty tremendous catches, and not just like wide open catches. I'm talking in traffic. So th- their offense, I feel like, could be a little bit better. I, I They also signed, uh, Brashad Perryman, uh, he was a he was a guy I liked as like a low key signing, you know, to add depth to the uh, wide receiver position for even for us, you know. So maybe that'll help with Darnold's. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, go ahead. With his progress, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, his progress, I got you. Just getting a little bit better, and I also like the Pierre Desir signing that they brought in because their their defensive backfield really needs a lot of help and now there's rumors going around that Jamal Adams possibly, you know, leaving because they're they can't come to an agreement on an extension. So they're gonna need all the help they can get back there. But I just between free agency and the draft, I don't know that they did enough to really convince me that they're they're on par with where the bills are currently. So I still have this one as a win for us. I also have this one as a win, essentially for the same reasons that you just gave. You know, they they lost their their you know what was should have been their number one wide receiver going into the season in Robbie Anderson. He wanted more money than the Jets were willing to give him. They went out and they drafted a, a wide receiver in the second round, but it's kind of hit or miss. You don't know if he's going to be able to step right into the NFL and have an immediate impact. Uh, they did uh, sign Perryman, like you said, but. He's coming off of a season, you know, he's more of a depth wide receiver, 645 yards and six touchdowns last season. He's not, he's not a, a, you know, traditional number one wide receiver. So the Jets will have to get it done in their wide receiving core through committee, essentially. And Sam Darnold just doesn't have that, that traditional number one wide receiver that the Bills went out and got this offseason. You know, you've seen kind of what, what happened last year in terms of the Bills not really having that number one go-to wide receiver in those big key moments. You know, there was a couple games where maybe it could have went completely different for the Bills last year, and that's kind of what the Jets are in right now. Like you said, I don't think they did enough in the offseason to really warrant giving them a win against the Buffalo Bills. The The Bills' defense is better. Their offense is better. I don't really know about their special teams, but the Bills are definitely the better team in this one. So I definitely have them winning week one against the Jets <laughs> week two at Miami. This one's going to surprise a lot of people, but I want everyone to hear me out before you jump all over me. I have the Buffalo bills losing week two at Miami, but here's why Miami dolphins almost beat the Buffalo bills last season. If you remember there was a the game where uh, Trey White had that massive interception. I think it was the first game against Miami. Trey White had that massive interception. The Dolphins were ahead. They were leading. They were driving down the field. They were inside the 20 or 15-yard line. They are in the red zone. And then Trey White makes a fantastic interception on the right sideline uh, off of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that, that play alone simply turned the momentum and just turned the energy of the entire game, and then the Bills were able to take over. And that was going late into the third quarter. The Dolphins have got better. 
They have gotten better in the offseason, and if Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback, that starts, and they don't start the rookie quarterback who's coming off of a very, very serious injury. I think the Dolphins do enough in this game to beat the Buffalo Bills and shock them in Week 2. They added a lot of pieces on defense. Kyle Van Oy, they added Shaq Lawson away from the Buffalo Bills. They tried to shore up their offensive line. They drafted two offensive tackles and a guard. They have gotten better in a lot of places and haven't gotten, well, you can't get much weaker, but they haven't really lost a ton. They've just done a fantastic job, and I think the Jets, or the Jets, I think the Dolphins are going to surprise a lot of people this season. Yeah, once again, you and I are on the same page here. Um, Previously, I had the Bills winning uh, week two here against the Dolphins, but I have since changed my mind when reevaluating everything, free agency, the draft. While their draft didn't really wow me, I think obviously the the Tua Tungavailoa pick is the biggest pick there. That's the most recognizable name. Um, I again, like you, I don't expect to see him week two. Pretty positive that it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick firing any kind of crazy injury, trades, whatever. It's going to be Fitzy, I think, at the helm there for Miami. And I'm in agreement. I think the draft class, I'm not expecting much in the way of contributors from them, But even though, again, like the Jets, they had a ton of picks. It was free agency that really made me reevaluate what this, what the makeup of this team is. And again, that big game you had spoken about where they almost beat us with, if it wasn't for that interception by Trey White, you know, it could have looked a lot different on the, on the score sheet there for us. But, you know, I really, I really like the pieces that they moved around. They didn't, they didn't lose anyone that I, I look at and go, Ugh, how are they going to replace that guy? To me, it was almost like they dumped a lot of dead weight that they didn't need, and they found a lot better replacements. They brought in Jordan Howard uh, from the Eagles, who I think is going to really help them in the run game, especially in short yardage and goal line. Um, they brought in Eric Flowers, uh, the tackle, and like you said, they, they addressed the offensive line completely because, again, you've got, you spent your first pick on a quarterback and a top-flight quarterback at that, and he's got a lot of injury history. You want to do everything you can to make sure you can protect him for the future and going forward. Uh, they did a great job on, on, on defense, getting guys that are familiar not only with the system, but they're just they're really solid veteran players. Um, one guy that you didn't mention was cornerback Byron Jones from the Cowboys, but you did mention Shaq Lawson, um, Kyle Van Noy. There's a lot of guys here that are also – guys that used to play for the head coach when he was a defensive coordinator in New England. So again, there's that familiar familiarity with the system there, which should really help with the transition of getting these guys in there. I just, I'm not as certain again that I feel like other than the Patriots, because that's the obvious choice, it's Miami that we're going to be competing against for the division. And right now they're looking pretty dangerous and, it could even be one of these games that come down to the wire because that's how good they look right now. So I'm with you right now. I've got them going one and one after week two. They're one and one in the division and they're one and one in the conference. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna, that's gonna, I think that's going to shock a lot of people. If 
you know, Buffalo is going to, it's an away game too, which I don't think a lot of people take into account. I know it's in Miami. I know Josh Allen has usually had Miami's number, but it's just, it's a completely different team essentially from last year. They have retooled and they've done a fantastic job, in my opinion, this offseason. And I think they're really going to give the Buffalo Bills all they can handle in week two. And I think, like you yeah. said, it's probably going to come down to the wire. And I, I think Miami is able to pull this one out. Yeah. And for nothing else, I mean, the first two weeks are going to be pretty exciting. I mean, talk about setting the tone early with back-to-back divisional games. So if anything, people are going to get their money's worth, that's for sure. You got that straight. Now they return home in week three to face the L.A. Rams. And why don't you tell me what you have them doing in this game and why? Okay, so I've got back-to-back losses here. Um, That might come a little bit of a surprise to people that listened to the last episode when we were picking because I had a win against the Rams here. But again, that was before we knew all the details. And right now, again, I'm looking at free agency. I am looking at the draft and how they've improved over time. And I'm not so confident that we could – even even though they're traveling from the West Coast over to here and we have that home field advantage, I it's still the Rams. That defense is pretty scary. And I honestly think it only got better. Um, they did add Leonard Floyd and Ashawn Robinson in the offseason. But I also, there's some draft picks that I really like, even for the offensive side of things. They drafted Cam Makers, who a lot of people thought was one of the top three running backs in the class. They got my guy, Van Jefferson, who was a wide receiver out of Florida, who I really love. He's a phenomenal loud runner. And if he's healthy and ready to go between him and Robert Woods, who is another very solid route runner. And just, he's just a dangerous man when he's going after the ball. I think hopefully that might help Jared Goff be able to spread it around. And they have also got Cooper cup. So, you know, Again, this is a team that they they may not be what they were that year that they went to the Super Bowl, but they've got a lot of pieces here that they added. And, you know, they might see a lot of contributions from their rookie class right away. And depending on how they do off the jump, I mean, this might not be one of those games where you look at it and go, I like our chances. I might be looking at it and going, I really hope that, Josh Allen brings his A game and there's a fire lit under them from that, that loss to Miami the week before. Yeah, I have, I, this one was a toss up for me. This one's a very close game for a lot of the reasons that you said, I have the bills winning this game. It's the same prediction I had from the last prediction show that we did do, but you're right. They added some pieces in here. And the big piece for me that they added is cam Akers out of Florida state. He had 1,144 yards and 14 touchdowns to go along with 30 receptions uh, in his final year at college. So he co- he can come right in and be an instant in or you know be provide an instant impact for the Rams. My thing is the reason why before I said it was going to be a win for the Buffalo Bills is because I don't think that Jared Goff is the same quarterback without a strong run game. You know, to kind—I of, don't want to say hide behind, but you know—to get the play action from that he's—he was very, very good at in that year that they went to the Super Bowl. Can Cam Akers come in and be that guy that teams kind of have to look out for? And 
can create that play action that Jared Goff is so good at. I'm not sure. I just think the Bills defense is just everyone's essentially returning from last year's Buffalo Bills defense. I think they got stronger on the defensive line. I think they remained relatively solid in the secondary. So I think the Bills have enough, and I think they have done enough to pull out a win against the Rams at home in week three. Moving on to week four. What do you do? Where do you think they do against the the newly Las Vegas Raiders? So, this is another game that I it totally changed. Everything changed for me after the draft and all that. So, again, I had another win here that I converted to a loss, and that's going to end up bringing us to one and three on my side of things. Um, so far for the season and it really would put me over the top or the draft picks. I'm a big Mike Mayock fan. I always enjoyed when he was uh, doing commentary for the draft. You know, I always thought he was a very insightful guy and I always thought like he really understood the players very well inside and out. And I feel like that's bled through now that he's the GM of the Raiders. So again, this is a combination of free agency and the draft that, ultimately made me go, "Mm, maybe they don't win this one. So we're talking a very lively, very excited Vegas Raiders crowd, because this is going to be in the new stadium. You know, it's, it's week four. So it's very early on. There's depending on how those first three weeks go for the Raiders, you know, everyone's going to be really pumped up and excited that it's the atmosphere there is going to be just incredible. It's going to be a lot to overcome noise-wise and everything else. And again, given that you're coming in there with a losing record, maybe you're not as high as you were and excited when you know, the season started. So personally, I think they've, they've got a better backup quarterback position now with Marcus Mariota. Um, I know a lot of people were concerned about Derek Carr and if he was going to be the starters, they're going to be an open competition. I know that the organization in and of itself isn't as high on him as they have been the last couple of years. Um, I, I love the, the draft picks, Henry Ruggs. I like the, the guard, John Simpson. Uh, Tanner Muse, I was a big fan of. He was a guy I was hoping for. He plays that hybrid role where, you know, he's more of that strong safety in the box. Um, they have him listed as a linebacker. I'm assuming that's probably where he's mostly going to play, but he's definitely a guy who could drop back and cover for them. Um, it's, I'm really interested in seeing what this team develops into the Raiders. Because, um, again, you've got John Gruden going into his second year. Mike Mayock, again, is a guy who he's putting all this stuff together. He's putting all these, these draft picks. He's very talented draft picks, too, in my opinion. Um it's it's going to be exciting. I, I I'm excited just to see what what it's like in that stadium and how the Bills handle it. Because it, do people actually show up? Do they pump noise into the stadium? That was a that was something that I think was brought up not too long ago. Was if there's not fans there, maybe we still pump in, you know, crowd noise. So is it how does that affect things? But you know, if people are going to be in there. And even if it's not a full house, if there's enough people in there, it could get crazy. So 
you know, it's it's going to be a big challenge for them. And right now I've got them going one and three for the season. I'm very surprised being such a Buffalo Bills guy, you having them go one and three to start the season. And if that actually happens, there's going to be a a panic moment for the Buffalo Bills fans as they believe, you know, most people believe this is the year to potentially take over not just the division, but maybe the AFC, and that this is the year that Josh Allen has to show he is the guy, and having them go one and three is not a big vote of confidence in the Buffalo Bills' uh, potential franchise quarterback. I have the Bills winning this game. Why I have them winning this game is, uh, you know, I'm just not scared of either quarterback that they have on the roster right now, essentially. I think the Bills' defense will be able to do enough to stop the Raiders' offense, and I think that the Bills' offense is good enough to be, especially this year, you know, upgrading at wide receiver, you know, adding another piece at running back and Zach Moss. They have enough weapons on offense to be able to spread the ball around and really create mismatches for the Buffalo Bills. So I think the Bills' offense is going to be good enough to go in on the road in these places. Obviously, you know, defense always travels is what they say. So the Bills defense will always be there and they will always, you know, be able to shut teams down. They were one of the best defenses defenses in the league last year. And I don't really expect anything different this year. I think the Bills have another top five defense this year. Even though they added Henry Ruggs, and, you know, Nelson Aguilar, and they were, you know, I just don't think that, Anything on the Raiders overly scares me too much. I think the Bills still have made enough strides in the offseason to go into Las Vegas and beat the Raiders. Again, not saying that the Raiders are a bad team. The fact that they went 7-9 and with all the turmoil that happened last season is a testament to, like you said, Mike Mayock and John Gruden and how they control their team. The fact that they traded away, you know, their their number one wide receiver. They got rid of, you know, Khalil Mack and they were still able to go seven and nine is pretty incredible. That that's a testament to how good and how well things are run over there and their um judge of talent, so to speak. But again, I still have the Buffalo Bills winning in week four at the Las Vegas Raiders. What about week five? You have them going one and three in the first four weeks. Tell me there's a win in week number five to get the Bills to two and three on your side? Well, hopefully Bills faithful will forgive me a little bit with this next one because I do have them winning against the Titans here in week five and upping their record to two and three. Um, previously, I had them losing to Tennessee, but that was, again, I was trying to wait and see what they do in the draft, try and wait and see what they do free agency, and neither of which have really wowed me. They didn't do anything that really made me go, hmm, they're going to be a much better team than they were last year. I think the the biggest addition that they have with cornerback Christian Fulton on LSU, um, that should definitely help, especially with Logan Ryan looking like he's on his way out the door. Um, I do like the Isaiah Wilson pick, uh, the tackle out of Georgia. And they found a nice little complimentary back in Darrington Evans, uh, the running back. I believe Appalachian State, if I'm if I'm correct. I I just don't know that 
I mean, we've been to Tennessee. We've beat them in Tennessee. Granted, it was Marcus Mariota that was the quarterback at the time and not Ryan Tannehill. But again, I'm pretty sure we've mentioned it the last episode when we were covering the schedule. We've seen Ryan Tannehill before. He's not someone that scares me. So I think, obviously, the biggest thing you want to do is control the run game because of Derrick Henry. And outside of that, I don't really know that I'm worried about anything else. So even though I gave him a loss against Tennessee, and it probably gave him a loss just to make people believe I wasn't going to make them go 16-0 and <laughs> at the time, Yeah, I'm flipping this one on a positive note, and I am giving them a win here. So going back to the other episode, you have a lot of changed opinions about the things that are going to happen in terms of your predictions for the upcoming season. Uh, it's nice to know that you are doing quite a bit of research and trying your best to not just be, you know, be the Bills homer. You know, Maybe I am the Bills homer. I'm not sure. I try not to be. I try to look very objectively at every game and try to be very realistic, much like week two, the Miami Dolphins, I had them losing for the reasons that I stated. So uh, hopefully Bills Mafia is on my side right now, and maybe they'll get back to your side after that prediction of a win against Tennessee. I also have the Bills winning against Tennessee, making them 4-1 and one after five weeks. Ryan Tannehill doesn't scare me. Like you said, they didn't do a whole lot in the offseason. They did add uh, Vic Beasley, Jonathan Joseph on the back end in the defense. Um, but their offense doesn't scream anything to me. <laughs> Just anything. Doesn't scream prolific offense. Doesn't scream. Doesn't scream at all. It's more like a whale. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't scream at all to me. It doesn't say we're good enough to beat a top five defense in the NFL. So I think the Bills shut them shut down the Titans offense. And I think the Bills uh the Bills offense does enough. Again, I think, you know, twenty four points for the Bills should probably be enough to win this game in week five against the Tennessee Titans. Week six is a tough one. I think we're probably both in agreement. <laughs> I think let's we're... let's preface this one with week six is a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think we're both probably in agreement in this one. I have the Bills losing to the Kansas City Chiefs because the Kansas City Chiefs have too much firepower, and they have Pat Mahomes, yeah. who's arguably the best quarterback in the NFL right now. They just have too much, and they added to their firepower in the draft and in the offseason. So it just I don't I don't foresee the Bills being able to keep up with the Kansas City offense in this game. Buffalo Bills, they have a loss. I They added uh, Clyde Edwards uh, hair, so I, they have a running game. They have, uh, you know, they have a better running game. They have, you still have Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey. Like, they have all these guys on offense. It's just, who do you cover? Who do you stop? If you stop one, the other one's going to beat you. If you stop all of them, Pat Mahomes will still find a way to beat you. He's just that good of a quarterback. I think that highly of him that I think he will definitely go into Buffalo and and win that game in week six. And also, first of three primetime games, this is a Thursday night matchup, so not as big of lights as maybe Sunday or Monday night, but still, quote-unquote, the big lights. Um we've never really done too well when 
the lights were that bright. So, and again, this is a Kansas City Kansas City Chiefs team that just they're dynamite. And how do you prepare for a team with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback? Because his style, you just it's it's got a, a very much backyard football esque feel to it. Yep. He just he he's a magician. He pulls passes out of a hat. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It, you just there's not just one way he can beat you. There are a plethora of ways he will find to beat you. And, you know, the coaching staff over there, they've just found more weapons for him. They'll figure out more ways to to make this even more dynamic than it already is. Um, but you mentioned Clyde Edward Tolaire. He was my number one running back that I wanted. Um, and that was based on where the bills were you know, could he have fallen to us kind of thing? It wasn't like he was my number one rated, but the one I wanted them to get. Yeah. I really liked him. And I think pairing him up there with uh, Damian Williams, that's going to be really exciting to see. Um, I just, ugh, I, wa- I would love to say they have a chance. I would, <laughs> <laughs> but I just don't see it. I don't see it. We're just, this is going to be a loss for us. We're two and four, two and three in the conference. And we're moving on. We're moving on to another set of divisional games here. Says you, man. My record's got them at four and two right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, quick side note. I don't, you know, I don't know how uh, uh, reliable. That's the word I'm looking for. I don't know how reliable this stat is, but I, tr- I was trying to look up what the Patriots do in prime time, and I'll talk about them a little bit further in the episode when we meet the the Patriots in primetime, but I've seen the Bills' primetime record from since 2006. It's not good, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> it's 1-7 one in, uh, in, in eight primetime games. That's not a big vote of confidence for the primetime games. I'm excited that the whole world gets to watch the Buffalo Bills, but I'm also very, very nervous that we're going to lay an egg in prime time so that the the narrative doesn't ever switch about the Buffalo Bills. It always kind of stays that the Bills are small town, small team, not a whole lot worth talking about kind of thing. And I don't think that week six is going to give them, unless we pull some sort of miraculous upset against the defending Super Bowl champions, I just don't think that that's going to change at least by week six. Yeah, I'm I'm sure a lot of Bills Mafia has this game circled because regardless of what happens, you know, those first five games, this is a game that is no doubt a statement game. And if things start to happen the way that I am predicting right now, it could totally be a momentum switch. You know what I mean? You win, again, like you said, you put a W up against the defending champ on prime time. Yep. then that could change your whole season. You know, so much could happen after that. But absolutely, un- until more develops between now and the start of the season, you just, I think that's the consensus right now. So. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to get mad at us for that pick there. We're going to move on to week number seven at the New York Jets. In my opinion, this is win- another win for the Buffalo Bills. They sweep the Jets in the season's... Uh, in the, you know, in the division, I had them sweeping the Jets. I just don't think the Jets have enough to really compete with the Bills, like we said before. 
not enough on offense, not enough on defense, and Adam Gase is still their head coach. So <laughs> that's about all you can say about the, you know, that's all you about, can say really about the New York Jets. I think it, you know, maybe a little bit closer game, but I still think the Bills pull out a win in New Jersey because the Bills are the only team that plays in New York. But in New Jersey, I think the Bills go over there and beat the New York Jets. Yeah, once again, we're on the same page with this one. I just, I mean, what, what more can you say that we haven't already said and we've said plenty? I just, I, I think that the one thing I do want to bring up that I don't know that we've we've talked about yet is just this constant beating us over the head, and I'm talking national media with this. Sam Darnold is clearly better than Josh Allen stick that they've been they've been doing. Ugh. I just. I don't know why this continues to happen. I don't either. And I don't know if this is why some people would look at these games against the Jets and go, I don't know that the Bills are going to be as successful as many think. And and you're going to tell me it's because of Sam Darnold? I mean, what have you watched that's, you know, made you look at Sam Darnold and go, I don't know, him and Josh Allen are probably right there, one or one way to... I, there's nothing about Darnold that wows me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I've seen Allen do shit that made me go, hmm, that's pretty exciting. That stuff right there. That's some stuff I wasn't ready for. Yeah. Darnold just, <laughs> he looks like a guy. He's just a guy. He's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that there's anything remarkable about Sam Darnold. He's white bread. He's mayonnaise. Yeah, <laughs> that's there's a, no spice. There's no oomph that makes me. I don't know that you guys even want to play for this guy. He just seems so dull. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think the reason why they keep make, trying to make that comparison is because everyone going into the draft had Sam Darnold better than Josh Allen. I'm guilty of that. I know you're probably guilty of that, and everyone else in the world. No, is, no, no, no. That I'm not. That I'm not. I was guilty of not liking Allen. Yeah. But I am not guilty of thinking Darnold was better. Well, I was very low on Darnold, actually. You don't like more you, you, don't, were. you don't like USC quarterbacks, though. So, <laughs> I not entirely true. <laughs> I, I did have an infatuation with Cody Kessler when he was coming out, but uh, I just there was nothing about. I'm pretty sure Kessler was a quarterback before Darnold took over. If memory serves me, and when I I watched Darnold, I was I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, he's the next Peyton Manning." And I watched him, and I go, no, I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, see it. like I said, I think that's probably the basis for a lot of it is nobody wants to admit they're wrong. I'll admit it. Hey, man, I was wrong. Josh Allen is really good. Obviously, I've said it about 100 times on my podcast. I have no problem admitting I'm wrong when I'm wrong. If I miss, hey, I miss, but... All the uh, the national guys, they all got, you know, they all have to seem like, oh, we're the best, we're the greatest, you know, we're inhuman, we never make mistakes. You know what makes you more relatable to the people that watch you is stop, just, just say like, you know what, hey, he's a good quarterback, I missed. While I'm not completely sold on Allen and this is going to be a big year for him in my opinion, he's way, way better than I thought he was going to be coming out of college when they drafted Josh Allen, it ruined my entire night. I had to work. I told, I said that before. It ruined my night. He was, I was so far off on Josh Allen, and I just wish that they could do the same thing that I'm doing right here, right now, and just admitting, hey, 
I was wrong. Josh Allen, this kid is he's doing some some really special things out there. And if he can take the next step, the sky's the limit for him. I'm talking like potentially elite quarterback. He makes elite level throws and he makes them look easy. Now he misses some of the easier throws, and that's a consistency issue that he has to work. But like you said, you've seen him do stuff that makes your eyeballs pop out of your head like Oh my God, I can't believe he just did that. Not meant, There's maybe th- three quarterbacks in the NFL that can do that to you, and Josh Allen's going to be one of them. So I don't, like you said, I'm, I'm kind of tired of that whole shtick. You got guys rating Allen third best in the AFC East in terms of quarterbacks with Jared Stidham being ahead of him. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, talk about throwing shade on somebody, man, for no reason. Just come out and say, you know what? He's a pretty decent quarterback. Not as bad as I thought he was. He's all right. I was wrong. That's it. That's all I want. But, you know, they're never going to do that. You know that. It's all about crapping on the Buffalo Bills, and, you know, they have to make themselves look good, and they can't ever be wrong about things. So we'll leave it at that. That's kind of – that was my take on that whole thing that you were talking about. And so, rant. <laughs> yeah, and, and rant. I'm, I'm sorry. I had to go off on that rant there. I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting a little while to go off on that rant, but – We'll go ahead and go to week number eight against the Patriots, the Tom Brady-less Patriots. Why don't you say what your prediction is? I I also want to be clear. I had mentioned that the Kansas City game was a game that Bill Mafia would have circled. I'm pretty sure this would be game number two. And while it's not like as a high-profile game as the Kansas City game, you you already said it. This is the first Patriot game that we will play with no Tom Brady. So this is a very unrecognizable New England Patriots team. And it, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how, how Bill Belichick tries to, to turn this thing around. And, and it's not, I, I say turn this thing around like they were going backwards or something, but it's, I guess more like turn the narrative around because again, we had, we had talked about it before. It's, is it Tom Brady? Is it Bill Belichick? Who's the, you know, who do you give the accolades to for the success? And depending on what happens again, weeks one through seven for the Patriots and where they are when they, they meet up with us, you know, this is going to be one of those games that could, you know, likely determine the determine the division, excuse me, for for what happens after. I mean, we could be looking at it and go, yeah, the, the Patriots are pretty much out of this thing at this point, and we're sitting in a good spot. Or maybe you know, like I've got them right now. I've got them at three and one in the division uh, with a win here against the Patriots. So, I I think they definitely lost a lot more than they added to, and. I don't know if that's by design. I don't know what Bill Belichick may have up his sleeve because while there are some nice parts that they added to their team, so I'm looking at basically their draft picks because, again, there's nobody really in free agency that really jumps off the page at you. It was more or less a a pretty basic uh, Bill Belichick free agency haul. You know, you've got guys they're familiar with, guys that are, are veterans, and, you know, we're, we're talking quarterback Brian Hoyer coming in, 
we're talking about a fullback, Danny Vitale. I mean, there's nobody that you look at and go, they got a little dangerous with this one. No, there's their biggest selection right now is safety Duggar, who was their their first pick because they traded their number one, uh, the round one pick to the Chargers. So, and he he was a small school guy, but you know jumped off the page to a lot of people with his play. And I mean, I, I don't know. I I don't have the same kind of confidence in the Patriots winning against us as with the Tom Brady, as, you know, behind center. So, win here, three and one division. That sounds really good to me, even though our overall record may not appeal to those mafia, but I'll take three and one in the division and a shot to dethrone the Patriots. Yeah. I also have a Patriots win here. Much like you said that the Patriots just don't have that same oomph that they have when Tom Brady's behind center. I don't care who starts. I don't care if it's Jared Siddham. I don't care if it's Brian Hoyer. It it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. The bills should not lose this game at home against the Patriots, a Tom Brady-less Patriots. This is where the changing of the guard should happen, right here in week number eight. They need to come out in Buffalo, protect their home turf, and they need to show everyone that it was not Bill Belichick who was the mastermind behind all of it and who has the Buffalo Bills number, but it was Tom Brady, and now that Tom Brady is gone to you know, the NFC, that the Bills are now the team to beat in the AFC East. This is the game that shows it right here. Like you said, they have this one. Bills Mafia has this one circled. It's going to be raucous. It's going to be nuts, provided there's fans there. If there's not, never mind. That's a whole other issue. I won't get into that. This is a sports show. Uh, (laughs) Well, you know, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be raucous. There's... No way that the Bills can lose this game, in my opinion. There's going to be a lot of pressure on the Buffalo Bills to win this game, but I think that they go into Orchard Park and they just, I think they dismantle the Patriots at home, honestly. You know, maybe a 31-17 to victory, something like that, in this game, much like you said. Wow. There, yeah, yeah. I, I like dismantle. Dismantle. I think they do that. I, I, I really do. I think they're coming off of a win against the Jets, in my opinion. I think this is the the first game this season against the Patriots, and they are very, very eager to show everyone that they are the team to beat in the AFC East, and I think that they they handle business against the Patriots in week number eight. So as far as that goes, we're going to hold right here, and this is where we're going to do our very, very first giveaway on Sports Talk Buffalo. It is a $25 gift certificate to 26shirts.com. All you have to do is email me or direct message me on Twitter the code word, which is playoffs. If you direct message me on Twitter or if you email me, you will automatically be entered into the drawing to win a $25 gift card to 26shirts.com. If you don't know, 26shirts.com was... Uh, pioneered by a very prominent member of Bill's Mafia, the starter of Bill's Mafia, which is Del Reed. Fantastic company, great shirts. If you want to be entered, remember, direct message me on Twitter or give me uh, an email at sportstalkbuffalo at yahoo.com or sportstalkbuffalo at gmail.com. 
You can email me in either one of those and your name will automatically be entered into a drawing. I will pick a winner at random be, you know, at the before the next episode comes out. So you will have a full week to answer, listen to this episode. Tell your friends if you want them to enter it into it too. Let them know they have a full week until next episode airs. That's when I'll be doing the drawing, and that's when I'll announce a winner on Twitter. Let them know that they can go ahead and, and enter this thing. And that is going to be our first giveaway for this podcast. I'm very excited about it. I've been talking about it for a long time. I've been thinking about it for a long time. So I'm happy that I was finally able to do it. So that's going to be that. And we're going to jump into week number nine against the Seahawks. Mark, take it away. Yeah, this one here is just one of those games that you're going up against a consistently good team. And I'm a big Russell Wilson fan. He's just... I've had a crush on him since the Bills passed on him for TJ Graham. Yes, you did. But I'm not going to go into that. I'm not going <laughs> to. You've been, you've been saying it for a very I've long lamented, time to I've me. La- yeah, I've lamented that decision for a while, so I'm over it, I guess. No, no, no you're not. Um, no, you're not. <laughs> I, rem- I remember you telling me about Russell Wilson going into that draft. I remember it. And you're like, dude, I'm telling you, this kid, he's going to be good. I'm just letting you know. All the teams pass. He goes in the third round. You're like, I'm just, I'm just saying, man. I'm upset. The Bills didn't take him. We need a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I, I, rem- I remember it very well. I remember you talking him up quite a bit. And he has been every bit of the what you were saying he was going to be. So, Yeah, but I don't get paid for that kind of stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> me, me neither. <laughs> Darn. Um, <laughs> you know what? You know what? I don't get paid for this kind of stuff, but that's why it's so much easier to make decisions like this when I go, hey, you lost out on a great player. He's gone on to do great things, and you're going to lose probably greatly against the Seattle Seahawks. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe someday. They're they're that that good of a team. They're just really, again, it's just when you're that good for consistently for so many years, and Mm. when you have a quarterback in place that's as good as Russell Wilson, it's really hard to put your chips in a, up against something like that. And, you know, they, they, they've also, because of that, and, and again, it's one of those reputational things. It's one of those things we hope happen to the Bills one day. And we're already starting to, to kind of see a sign of that after how things have played out so far for this offseason. Because there have been free agent signees, one of which used to be, a Seattle Seahawks that would be uh, Quentin Jefferson, who said, yep. "He said I I wanted to come here because of you know the winning culture." When's the last time you heard something like that <laughs> about the Bills? Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, so like there's guys coming because of a winning culture. That's part of the reason why people flock. That's a joke. To <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> hey, oh, to on. Seattle to be a part of that that winning culture, you know. So oh, hold on, I don't know which I, one I, of these I, does it. You said flock there, right? Yeah, they flock to Seattle. <laughs> I don't know that that made it any funnier, but I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, um, I did. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was still terrible. So, <laughs> it was a terrible joke, but that's why it made it funny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Seattle, Seattle is who I think the Bills should strive to want to be like. Um, but until you can be the man, you have to beat the man. And they did, 
you know, week nine of the 2020 season just to me probably isn't going to be the day that they beat the man. So we're four and five um, by my count so far and moving along. Yeah, I also obviously have them losing to the Seattle Seahawks um, simply for all the reasons you said. They've been too good for too long, and they're, it's this might be more of a reputation kind of prediction. You know, when you look at the Seahawks and you think about the Bills, you just automatically assume loss in pretty much every season. And I think it would be a shock for a lot of teams if the Buffalo Bills were able to uh, beat the Seattle Seahawks. The, the, here's the thing, though, that might be kind of the equalizer. The Seahawks don't have that vaunted defense that a lot of people are used to, you know, when they were going to the Super Bowl and they were even more successful than they are right now. Right now, Seattle is relying a lot on Russell Wilson and their offense to get the job done. And maybe that is enough. The Bills can do enough to shut Russell Wilson down to get a win. I'm not sure. I don't have a lot of faith in that because Russell Wilson is, you know, top-tier NFL quarterback, which is why they paid him so much money. And he just he just gets the job done. He finds a way. He's never really had that eye-popping, you know, big number one receiver. But, you know, he, he, he finds a way to get it done. Now they believe they have DK Metcalf, who looked pretty freaking solid his rookie season. So, again, that's, it's just a loss for me. And I think I have the Bills at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 3 after 9 weeks. Oh, that's not right. Six and three, right? Six and three after five weeks or nine weeks. Oh my God, I'm losing my mind. Six and three after nine weeks. We're jumping into week number 10 at the Arizona Cardinals. Ah, this one was a toss up for me. I think Arizona, their offense got a lot better in the offseason by just adding DeAndre Hopkins. When you add somebody who's that talented to your offense, it in immediately gets better. And they averaged, you know, 22 and a half points a game. Their their defense was their big thing last year that was so suspect. They gave up 27.6 points per game. So unless they sure up their defense, unless their defense is a lot better this year, the Arizona Cardinals, while I think they, their record will be better, maybe a 7-9-ish, and 8-8-ish type season for Arizona, I still think the Buffalo Bills go into Arizona and beat the Cardinals. Yeah, we're, again, in agreement here. I didn't change anything of my prediction from the last time. I I think they beat Arizona here. They just, you know, they're they're retooling. You know, it's it's year number two uh, for them with, oh, my God. I I, Cliff Kingsbury. That's his name. Cliff Kingsbury. Yep, new head coach Cliff Kingsbury. So <laughs> that's all right. We're having a rough patch so, right know, now. We're having a rough patch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's late, it's late, and we're dads. Yeah, I know. We're having a dad moment right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's year number two for for Cliff Kingsbury, who's trying to put his his stamp on this team and and retool the offense. And like you said, they're definitely getting better. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins alone, when you pair him up with arguably one of the, the all-time best receivers and Larry Fitzgerald that the NFL has ever had. Um, and then, you know, they've, they've done their best to try to, I think, also as well, sure up the defense. Um, obviously, linebacker Isaiah Simmons 
was their their top pick, and that that pick I love. That hopefully that pays dividends for them. Um, they did bring former Bills Jordan Phillips on board too, so you know I, I really like Jordan Phillips. He was a high energy guy, so hopefully that'll help their defense. Uh, I'm a little bit better, I'm a little bit smoother, um, and I, I, honestly I think that's probably their Achilles heel is going to be their defense. So depending on on how some of these guys, uh, these new additions can, can transform that defense and, and really give it a, a step up from what it has been. I, I'm not confident that they can really do much else, um, to produce a win against us. So I got us at 500 here at week 10. Fine. That's, that's kind of crazy to me, man. You had them having a better record than I did in the last time that we, did the Buffalo Bills prediction. And right now I have them at a quite a bit, a couple games higher than you do right now. Going into week 12, I have the Buffalo Bills winning week 12 against the Chargers. Why? They don't have Phillip Rivers. Melvin Gordon is gone. They have, they're going to either have a rookie quarterback in Justin Herbert that is starting, or they're going to have a guy that Buffalo Bills fans are very familiar with. And Tyrod Taylor, we all know his limitations. If you get a lead against Tyrod Taylor, the game's over. You're going to win that game because he doesn't bring teams back. That's one of the big things. He can't bring the teams back with his arm. That's one of the things that he has struggled with his time in Buffalo especially. So I, I know that the Chargers are a good team. I know they have a good defense. I know that they have a good wide receiving core. I just think it comes down to they're either going to start a wook, a, a wookie, a rookie quarterback, or <laughs> they're starting Chewbacca at quarterback. <laughs> Jeez, you're right. It is late. They're starting either a rookie uh, quarterback or they're going to start Tyrod Taylor, who is a journeyman quarterback at this point. Being you know multiple different teams passed over, the most success he did have was obviously here in Buffalo. Great guy, just more of a stop uh, stop gap quarterback and I don't think that he is going to be any sort of dangerous enough even with the weapons that they have in uh, LA to be able to beat the Bills yeah I, I'm fairly certain that Anthony Lynn is going to rely heavily on the run game even with Melvin Gordon being gone Austin Eckler proved last year that he's more than capable of of carrying the load for them. And the reason I've got a W here as well for us is because of the quarterback position, because at this stage of the game, one or two things are for certain. Either Tyrod Taylor is going to still be the starting quarterback or they're going to be starting rookie Justin Herbert. So do either of those make you nervous? Nah, nah. Nope. <laughs> neither I'm pretty of those sure we're gonna, nervous. I'm pretty sure we're going to beat the Chargers here. Yeah, no, and, neither of those guys. And it comes nervous. down to the quarterback as it usually does. Who's who's the guy flinging the, the ball around the yard? And Tyrod Taylor, I mean, I've seen him play. We've all seen him play. And yeah. again, great guys, but you don't get points up on the board for being a great guy. You yeah. get points up on the board for, you know, throwing touchdown passes. And he just He's not going to throw enough of them, I don't think. Like you said, he is a fine backup, a decent placeholder, yeah. and he's doing it again here in L.A. He's holding down the fort for 
the first round pick that's that's coming along here. You know what I mean? So I just chalk it up six and five after the bye. Let me count here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have the Bills with eight wins so far in mine. And we're going to move on to week number 13. Again, I think we're probably both in agreement on this one. This one is a bit of a toughie for the Buffalo Bills. Traveling to the West Coast to face the 49ers, who had the second-ranked offense in terms of points for and the eighth-ranked defense in terms of points against last season. I don't think a whole lot has changed. I think that they're still going to be a very, very good team. They did lose in the Super Bowl last year, but I, you know, are they going to take a step back? I don't, I don't think so. They're still a very, very talented team. I just don't see the Buffalo Bills going in there. I think it's going to be a defensive game, a more defensive game than people probably believe. But I think that the 49ers are just a a little bit better. They're a little bit higher on the rung right now than the Buffalo Bills are. So I think that Buffalo is going to lose on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. I'd first like to comment by saying whoever the person is in charge of making the uh, primetime games here for the schedule is clearly not a fan of the Bills. Yeah, right. Because primetime game number one against the the defending champs of the National Football League, only only to have us have primetime game number two going up against the runners-up in last year's Super Bowl, the San Francisco 49ers. Well, maybe so they are clearly. <laughs> maybe they are so big a fan of the Buffalo Bills that they believe that the Bills can beat both of those teams, so they wanted to put them in prime time to show the world that the Bills are better than what everyone's given them credit for. What about that? Spoken like a hometown, spoken like a hometown fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure, if that's the narrative you want to go with, by all means, let me know how far it takes you. Hey, I'm just playing um, devil's advocate over but, here. <laughs> yeah, this, I, I, I actually, you know, you make a very good point. I hadn't even thought about it that way, but this definitely could be one of the more boring Monday night football games of the season because it, there is a very good chance it could be dominated by the defense here. Um, and I just, you know, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be the guy? Is he going to prove that, you know, bringing the team to the Super Bowl last year wasn't a fluke and he wasn't just simply carried by that amazingly young and stout, you know, 49ers defense. So they also had a fantastic run game. Yeah, I mean, they did lose Emmanuel Sanders to the Saints. However, they did bring in um, Travis Benjamin from the Chargers, who's a nice little complimentary piece. Uh, They also did uh, pick up Trent Williams in a trade from Washington, so hopefully that helps uh, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, prove his point that he's the man by making sure he's protected on his blind side there by one of the best offensive tackles in the league. And um, a lot of people were high on their their draft pick, Brandon Ayuk, out of Arizona State. So, you know, if, if he can really step up and and be the man there in year one for for the team, then maybe that maybe that helps them, you know, be a little more exciting on offense. Yeah. But, you know, I just – maybe it's a closer game than I'm anticipating because it's going to be mostly defense here. But it's still – I don't think we're ready to be San Francisco – 
here in 2020. So I've got them at 500 again. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, I definitely, like you said, you know, I have that as a loss for the reasons I stated before. And like you said, they lost Emmanuel Sanders, but they drafted Brandon Ayuk. So do you think that he can, if he can slide into Emmanuel Sanders' spot and give them five, 600 yards, they could essentially be the same team they were last year, you know, run the ball very well, spread the ball around in terms of being able to pass the ball, play really, really stout defense, and win a lot of games. They're just a very good team overall. And like you said, I just don't think the Buffalo Bills in 2020 are ready to compete with a team like the San Francisco 49ers. So we jump ahead to week number 14 against the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. I got that one as a win. What do you have it as? All right. So this is a game that I think is very important to look at it from the perspective of how things happened last year. So it's later in the season and a lot of things can happen. Like, for instance, losing your starting quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, and wind up playing the Pittsburgh Steelers that is led by Duck Hodges. Yeah, that <laughs> and was, that's terrible. While that was an exciting win for Bills Mafia, I very much enjoyed that game. It was a win against Duck Hodges. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, you really don't have to say any more than that, honestly. <laughs> And it was a close so, game too. It was a close game too. Yeah, yeah, oh my that goodness! That was one of those defensive. Yes, that was one of those defensive games. That was one of those defensive games. So maybe that's kind of like a preview of what the San Francisco game could be like. But again, is Ben Roethlisberger the starting quarterback here in Week 14? Is he having a far better season than he had the previous year? You know, and, and that's, that's injury aside. I'm talking, you know, does he kind of regain some of that that Ben Roethlisberger of old? You know, that he, he shaved the beard down, maybe he looks a little more youthful, feels a little more youthful, and maybe he performs a little bit better than he has. Been because a lot of people are looking at him and go, he just doesn't seem like the same quarterback. He definitely looks like he's at the end of his career. And I don't know if he can lead the team the way he had led the team for many years. So I've got this as a loss simply because I'm just at this what? point going to assume I'm going to assume that Ben Roethlisberger is the starting quarterback. And when he is the starting quarterback, that changes the entire landscape of things. So, but does it though? That being said, but does it? It you, does. You just said that. You just said that he's. You know, he's not the Ben Roethlisberger of old. Are you just giving them a loss simply right, because right. of the name? I did say that. Right, I did say that. But I also said Duck Hodges, <laughs> and he's not Duck. And he's not Duck Hodges. He's not Duck so, Hodges. He's not Duck Hodges. So no, they still, well, even though he may not be you know Ben Roethlisberger of old. He is still better than Doug Hodges. So that, that again changes everything. <laughs> That's very true. They still have some very talented players on offense over there and Juju Smith Schuster and James Conner that can absolutely yeah. help out an older quarterback like, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and, and help him continue his career and continue the success he's had in his career. But 
Like you said, I don't think he's the Ben Roethlisberger that we're all used to seeing over his career. I really think he's on the down end, like a downward spiral in his career. I don't see him coming back from his injury and being this tremendous quarterback that we're all used to seeing. I really think that you're going to see him take a, a pretty big step back. And I think the Bills are going to be able to do enough to shut down that offense and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I got him at nine and four. What do you have him at right now? I'd rather not say. <laughs> well, why? Uh, why I've, not? I've got them at six and seven currently on the season. Well, that's not good. That's not a huge vote of confidence for the Buffalo Bills right now, man. You're not. The code word was playoffs, man. You're not. You're not speaking playoffs right now. I well, to be fair, to be fair, once again, they're they still have a winning record in the division. True. And depending on how the rest of the division is shaking out, you know that that still leaves a a spot open for us to get into the playoffs. So once again. While maybe things overall don't look good, as long as we're in the the hunt for a divisional title, that helps. That's it's a little bit of medicine oh, to kind of help you feel a little bit better. Oh, and you got them at six and seven. That's tough. That's going to be a tough pill to swallow. Do you think that if the Bills are at six and seven going into uh, week fifteen, that there's any talk at all? about a potential quarterback switch and having their fifth round quarterback jump in and, and start. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm just saying, no. man. No. You you Don't know say. you know That's silly. You know Bills That's fans. Silly. I know it's silly, but you know Bills yeah. fans. You know Bills yes, fans. I, yeah. But I also know that this isn't the the Bills coaching front office staff of old. Yeah, that's true. Where they might make one of those boneheaded moves and go, I don't know about this guy. He may not be the guy that we thought he was. So, you know, throw in that fifth round pick. See what he can do. Maybe we get lucky. No, no. They, uh, the man would have to lose his arm for them (laughs) not to play him. Okay. Josh Allen would have to be a freaking amputee. For him not to be the starting quarterback, all right? It's just, <laughs> Bills Mafia, are you listening? <laughs> that was funny. Don't talk about any of the backup quarterbacks. <laughs> it's not happening, okay? This is Josh Allen's team. Yeah, you caught me off guard with that one. You made me laugh quite, <laughs> quite hard. I have tears in my eyes right now from laughing. He would have to lose his arm. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture his arm just falling off of your shoulder. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so tired right now. That was funny, though. So, Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I'll be you, here all week. So, so you have the Bills at 6-7 and seven right now saying that are they going to win the last – having to win the last three games to even have a potential shot at the playoffs, we're going to move forward and go to week number 15. The Denver Broncos, they have, you know, they looked good at the end of last year with Drew Locke under center. He was 4-1 and one as a starter. They drafted him some help on offense, got him Jerry Judy. They also added Melvin Gordon. 
that's those are some big key pieces to help a young quarterback out, especially a young quarterback who was so successful in his first five games as a starter. What do you got the Buffalo Bills doing in this one? Uh, I, you know what? I had a win the last time we spoke about this schedule. And for the reasons you just explained, that is exactly why I gave them a loss. Because Oh, my God. This Denver Broncos team has made sure to stock up on weapons for second-year man Drew Locke. And depending on how well he has performed thus far into the season, if they really like burst onto the scene and become one of the, the better offensive teams in the league because of guys like first-round pick Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, you know, if, if they become basically a fantasy football player's dreamland, then they're, they're not going to be a team that you look at and go, yeah, just, you know, throw a W out there for us. I think we got this one. Mm-mm, that ain't happening. You know, it's late in the season, and they probably at this point have just as much to play for as we do. And this is at Denver. This is mile high. And we talked about it before. The atmosphere up there is a little bit different than it is everywhere else. So, there's a lot to account for when you, you head up there to, to Colorado to, to face Denver. So while I was more confident in saying that they could win against Denver before all this shaked out, I'm not so sure anymore. And for the time being, they're going to take a loss here until, you know, I see how things develop for, for the bills here moving along. So I've got them at six and eight. They're still three and one in their division for those of you upset with me, but they are a 500 team for the AFC conference. Uh, I give the bills a win, but like you said, this is a toss up for me. I, there's a lot to be worried about in this game later in the season. This one could really be, you know, I think this one can really go either way. Drew Locke has shown, like I said, in his first few games to be a very solid quarterback yeah, like I said, four and one as a starter. They've stocked up on the offense, given him a lot of help at the skill positions. And man, it's this a, that one's a tough one to predict. That one, in my opinion, is is a tough one to predict. And I I gave the Bills a win because I have Josh Allen slightly higher than Drew Locke in terms of the ability right now. Josh Allen's in his third year. Drew Locke's going into what year one point. Five, if you can even say 1.5, essentially, you know, as a starter, he's only started five games. I have there the Bills with the advantage there. I have the Bills with the advantage on defense also. So I think that's enough for the Buffalo Bills to go to Denver. And like you said, yes, it is in mile high. I know that it is just a completely different atmosphere. The, the atmosphere is a lot thinner. It's a lot tougher to breathe up there and things like that. But I just I think the Bills are the better team against the Denver Broncos. Now, by no means do I think this is going to be a cut and dry. This is a win on this schedule. There's no way the Bills can lose. There's absolutely a way the Bills can lose this game. But for right now, I have a W putting the Buffalo Bills at 10 wins on the season. They are 10 and 4 in my predictions right now going into the last 
two weeks of the season. We have another primetime game against the New England Patriots. Well, another primetime game. This one is against the New England Patriots. And this might shock people because of what we stated before, but I have the Bills losing this game at New England in primetime. Bill Belichick, since 2006, the Patriots have been 25-11 and 11 in primetime games is what I alluded to before, and the Bills had just been 1-7. So the New England Patriots shine bright when the lights are the bright, you know, shine when the lights are the brightest, essentially. Bill Belichick will come up with some freaky game plan, and he'll have his defense humming, and he'll, they'll stop Josh Allen in Week 16, and they will secure a win at home for the Patriots Whoever's starting quarterback will do just enough to get them a win against that Buffalo Bills defense. I have a loss for the Buffalo Bills. All right, so here is where I attempt to earn some of my Bills Mafia credit back because I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump into head into the next week too. I I have them finishing with a five and one divisional record. They're gonna beat the Patriots on Monday night. And then they're going to follow up with a revenge game based on my prediction earlier against the Dolphins in week 17. So hopefully that will, that will put some people at ease that even though they're going to, you know, finish the season with two wins, they're going to be two very important wins. They're going to be against divisional opponents. One's going to be on Monday night against a much hated Patriots. And even though they're going to end up as an 8-8-500 team for the season, they will have only amassed one loss in their division. Hopefully that will be enough to earn them their first AFC championship in way too long, and that will be their, their ticket punched into playoffs. So there it is. I hope not everyone is completely disappointed with the outcome. However... They I had to kind of crash back down to earth with this one, and hopefully something will happen that will shoot my rocket back up into the stratosphere a little bit. Well, like I said, I had the, the Patriots losing this one, and for the same reason kind of that you said in Week 17, the Bills will be looking for revenge for that embarrassing Week 2 loss against the Miami Dolphins. The Bills are at home, and I think that they will be, in terms of my predictions here, will be looking for seeding in terms of the playoffs. The Bills will finish 11-5 and five in my prediction. They will win the AFC East. They will have, I think what I said too, I think I, we both have them at 5-1 and one in the division. No, I have them at 4-2 and two. in the division. Uh, so I, I think the Bills, and this is exactly the same as my prediction from the last one, through sheer coincidence, I didn't look before I made this prediction, I didn't go back and look at any of the, or you know, listen to any of the prediction. I didn't look at the predictions that I had from the last time we did it. It is I went game by game, as I told my co-host here earlier. I didn't want to have a predetermined record in my head as to where I wanted the Buffalo Bills to be, you know, and have my fan bias take over. So I went game by game, looked at what each team did and tried to 
think about where I realistically would think the Buffalo Bills could be. Now, like like you said, there's a couple games on this schedule that are toss-ups that I had as wins that could easily be losses. So the Bills could be a nine-win team or potentially an 11-win team. You know, that's a it's a huge difference realistically, but they're hopefully they still get that double-digit wins. I have them at 11 and 5. I hope the prediction for the Buffalo Bills that I have is much closer than my co-host has cuz if the Bills if everyone's saying that this is the season for the Buffalo Bills to kind of take over the AFC East to be one of the top teams in the AFC period, they have to be better than the schedule that or the prediction that you put out there. So I'm really hoping that it's closer to my prediction and a lot further away from yours. Uh, you know, as the season starts going on, as we get closer to the end of this thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one of those scenarios where you hope that you're wrong and you're okay with being wrong. So I, I totally hope that I'm wrong. I, I'm more expecting myself to be wrong because I, I do think a lot higher of this team than I have in previous years. It's just, again, when we did the schedule before, we didn't know, you know, where the games were slotted, primetime games, what the draft looked like. We didn't know any of that stuff. So maybe you're more inclined to be a little bit more generous, you know, handing out W's to your team. But now I, I try to be more realistic. Like you said, I look at it through the lens of just someone who watches and appreciates the game of football, not as someone who's like diehard Bills fan. I'm, I'm trying to look at it and go realistically, what are our chances? And given the results of the schedule, I just right now, I don't know that it's fair to say that they are any more than a eight or nine win team right now. Wow. Again, so much can happen. Yeah. That can alter that. Like you, like you said, 11, nine win team. I'm I'm just saying eight and nine win team because again there's there's teams on paper who have improved a lot and there's a lot of talent on these teams and it's just it's hard to ignore and and knowing what we know about this team's run just it's you know what it is too I think the primetime games really hurt us because like I said they're against teams that are just they're phenomenal teams right now. And again, two of them were in the Super Bowl last year, so it's just it's not it's not ideal for us, especially when we're talking momentum and how much of a factor that can actually play during the season for for the Bills, especially a team like the Bills, who, while talented, more talented than they've been in years, they they are going to have to rely on a little bit of momentum to to get them going into the season because, unfortunately, they are still a a fairly young team and to come in with such hype and in pomp and, and just excitement. It just, it, it could die down pretty damn quickly. If that parade comes crashing down Do on you, top of their head. Does it scare you? And I think I might oppose this. I don't know if I posed this question to you before, or if I put it on the podcast or whatnot or the Twitter or my Twitter, but do you, does it scare you the amount of hype that the, you know, the Bills have going into this season and for them to be monumentally disappointing. 
Like if the, if the Bills are closer to the record that you are predicting in the eight and eight range, are you scared of something like that with so much hype, so much expectation that the Bills don't reach anywhere close to that? You know, what I mean this this is the most nervous I've been going into an NFL season in forever because I want so desperately them to hit the expectations. I want them to be in the spotlight for the first time in forever. You know, I want to taste a little bit of that early 90s that our parents got to taste. You know, I know that they did lose all four of those Super Bowls, ha, 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 whatever, but they were such good teams that our parents got to enjoy. I want a little taste of that too because for a large part of my Buffalo Bills life and, and fandom, they have been irrelevant to say the least. I mean, to put it kindly, they have been irrelevant. So now that they are becoming relevant and they're getting that a lot more national attention, a lot more media exposure, it is making me very nervous that they will be last year's Cleveland Browns who everyone was crowning like, yeah, look at how good this team is. They added this, they added that. They're going to be absolutely amazing. And then they just laid an egg all season long. I don't want the Buffalo Bills to be that. Now, I think yeah. our I think our coach is way better than Freddie Kitchens. I think Sean McDermott is way better than Freddie Kitchens. Like, don't don't get that twisted. You know what I mean? So, but I just I'm just nervous that that is what's going to happen to the Buffalo Bills because we have a history in this city of being disappointed by our sports franchises. Uh, to answer your question, I'm, I'm not scared of them not living up to the hype. I, I would be more annoyed. And it I say annoyed because of what we discussed earlier when you went on your rant about Sam Darnold and what the national media thinks of Josh Allen versus Darnold. It, it's just that that perception of who people think the Bills are based on decades of, you know, different quarterbacks, different head coaches, different front offices, like, it's been miserable, like you you said, since we've been fans. I mean, we were born just at the very height of, you know, their their Super Bowl run. Yeah, and while toddlers. we may have been too young, yeah, we may have been too young to really enjoy it the way it it obviously was enjoyed. Yeah, we we were pretty freaking miserable for when you could really start to watch the games and understand what was going on both on and off the field. So I just don't want to hear more of the same old, same old, I guess, national media wise. It would be nice for once to people just most, most people in national media to just recognize what it is being done by Sean McDermott and, and Brandon being there and the young talent that we do have in place and just how much better things have been in the last two, three years than they've been the last two, three decades. That's that's how I look at it. I mean, if, if you want a, a metaphor for it, maybe you could look at it and go, the Bills hype is kind of like a beautiful girl and the Bills mafia is kind of like that dorky kid who seems to be completely out of her league. Like, she is so freaking stunning and gorgeous that if she asked you on a date, no one would believe it. Yeah. Kind of how it is right now. So when she dumps you because she realizes you're really not that good either, 
It's expected. You just don't want to walk into. You don't want to walk into school the next day and have everyone go to me. I told you she was out here. Yeah, <laughs> I, get you, you. I don't want. I don't want that. I just don't want that. I, I, I I'd like for once to kind of live in this little fantasy bubble and enjoy it. Yeah, and and see things work out, or at least at least see things go to the next level. I'd like to see us go to the playoffs, win a game, and then move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we can, could just continue, just more continued success. Success, and just keep climbing the ladder. Go step by step. Just be better than the year before. And while my my schedule prediction doesn't really show that, it does possibly predict them winning the division, which would be the next step up. Win the division, get into the playoffs. You know, that that to me would be a step up, even though the overall record wouldn't be glamorous to be. Yeah, hopefully they can meet the all. Like I said, hopefully they can meet all the expectations that are being set upon them by national media and by local media and fans and fans alike. So, man, it just makes me a little bit nervous. But that's a good thing because you don't ever want to go into the season thinking to yourself, "This is kind of a lost cause." I'm just going to watch the Bills lose all season. You go into every game nervous and ready and hope you know, hyped to watch the Bills play. And that's something that over the last few years we've kind of been able to enjoy. And I just hope that we don't go, you know, revert back to the Buffalo of old and kind of, you know, lay an egg when it's really time to take that next step forward. But that's going to do it for this episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Remember, you can uh, follow me on any of the major podcasting websites. Jesus Christ. Follow me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course right here on Anchor. If you want to leave me a voice message that could potentially make it in a show, you could leave a voice message right on Anchor at anchor.fm. You can also hit me up on Twitter at SportsTalkBuff1. That's SportsTalkBuff1 on Twitter. If you want to email me, I have two separate emails for this podcast. One is SportsTalkBuffalo at Yahoo.com. The other one is sportstalkbuffalo at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up in any way, shape, or form, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. Remember to spread the word and tell your friends and family about this podcast. And as always, I hope you guys have a fantastic week.